Hello, and welcome back to Overbooked, a podcast for stories. I am your host, Caroline Hansen. All right, last week's book was not my favorite, but this week's book was so good. If you haven't read this one yet, you should consider reading it. The Audible narrator is also really great if you prefer to listen to your books. Next week's book is better than the movies, and I am excited to switch it up and review a YA romance. I feel like I'm due for some good change, so this is going to be awesome. Don't forget to check over .booked podcast to see the casting and vision board for today's book. It's a pretty good one, not going to lie. And with that, let's just dive into Killers of a Certain Age. Okay, characters. We basically have four main characters, and I cast all of them. Everyone else I didn't, but I won't like know who they are. Our first character is Billy, and I cast her as Demi Moore. She is kind of like our main one. She's the narrator of the whole book, and she is a total baddie. You also know she's super hot, so naturally I had to cast her as Demi Moore. Next, we have Helen, who I cast as Emma Thompson. Her husband, Kenneth, recently passed away, and she hasn't really been doing that well since, which is so sad. They were very much so in love, and she is very lonely. Kenneth was CIA, and he knew what Helen did for a living. I also should note all of these women are around the age of 60, so keep that in mind. Next, we have Mary Alice, who I cast as Julianne Moore. She is like the prim and proper one of the group. She plays the viola, and her partner, Akiko, does not know what she does for a living, and they have been married for five years. Next, we have Nat, who I cast as, oh crap, I didn't look this up, Julia Louise Dreyfus. She's the awesome girl from Seinfeld. I don't know how to say her name. I know I should have looked it up, but I really did forget Anyways, she is the firecracker of the group, and I think Nat really is like my favorite. She has had several husbands, um, but now knows that monogamy is just not for her. I also found out that Nat is Jewish after I cast Julia for her, so that worked out pretty darn well, not gonna lie. Next, we have Vance Gilchrist and then Charles McSween, aka Sweeney. They are also members of the same assassin organization as the prior ladies I just talked about. And they've known them for about 40 years. They were actually the two pilots on the ladies' very first mission, which is super sentimental and cute. Next, we have Constance Halliday, a.k.a. the Shepherdess. She, at the time when the girls first came to the organization 40 years prior, uh, she was a 78-year-old woman who created Project Sphinx, which is the name of the ladies' group. They're all female group. She was actually the only survivor of a mission with her team, which really badly injured her leg and left her walking with a cane. We have Minka, who is a young Ukrainian gamer girl who lives in Billy's safe house in the French Quarter, and she's like really good with technology. Next, we have Taverner. He is basically like Billy's the one who got away, and he's also another agent who works for the same organization. We also have Naomi and Martin. They are both kind of like handlers. And they help get the, like, I don't know, the assassins ready for their jobs, get them the things that they need, have all the intel. Um, So Martin and Naomi will come up later as well. And actually, I think that's everyone we have. The setting for this is all over the place. We're in the Caribbean, then we're in the French Quarter, then we're in England, then we're in Paris in the catacombs, and then we're back in England on, like, the countryside. It's amazing. Um, But I did kind of get a picture for each place on the vision board as well, so check that out. Okay, our plot. The story begins in 1979 during the ladies' first real mission as assassins. 
They are playing stewardesses and Billy is especially nervous for their first real gig. Their target is a Bulgarian man who has quite the posse of bodyguards with him. He is short, doesn't have much to say, and harasses Billy like almost right away by touching her butt. So yeah, we don't really like him. They all have syringes to kill the Bulgarians and his bodyguards before they leap from the plane. But Mary Alice's needle breaks in her target's neck and they have to slit his throat. The main target has the briefcase that they need handcuffed to him. So they have to, you know, cut his hand off. So it's a bit messy so far. There's also a dog and Helen is going to try to jump off the plane with it, which she does do successfully. They all make a safe landing with their like parachutes and stuff and are greeted by their mentor, Constance Halliday and her helicopter. The job was a success and Billy says it is the greatest day of her life so far. 40 years later, the girls are on a boat about to start their retirement trip. There are about like 100 passengers on this boat and then like 100 crew members. It's more like a luxury yacht cruise and it sounds amazing. They all worked for what they called the museum for the past 40 years, an organization that was originally created to kill Nazis, but moved on to drug smugglers, sex traffickers, dictators, and all around bad people. The girls were the very first all-female squad. 40 years prior, Billy had been arrested at a protest when Constance Halliday's brother, Major Halliday, met her at the police station to recruit her. She had been arrested at the protest for attacking an officer who was not being very kind. He offers her a position and she says yes. I tell you this to kind of give you a sense of how people were recruited. They kind of either did good things or bad things, showed up on the museum's radar, and then were asked to join. We are back to the retirement trip and Billy is pretty worried about Helen. She showed up looking like kind of like skinny, not acting like herself. And she just has not been doing well with Kenneth's passing, which is very sad. Billy gets a hot flash, which she's been having regularly lately and goes into the boat's large walk-in fridge to cool off. A staff member walks in while she's in there. So she kind of like tucks herself away. Only it's not a staff member. It's a member of the museum, a member Billy recognizes as Brad. And the only reason Brad would be on board is if he were on a mission. Billy goes back to the ladies to fill them in. At dinner that night, Billy and Helen sneak into Brad's room to snoop around. They find a case in his room that was very familiar to them. They got them for jobs and there was always a six digit combo that was the date that they were assigned to take their target out. The combo was today's date and there were six hours left in the day. There was also an active bomb in the bag that had a countdown on it, a bomb strong enough to blow up the whole entire boat. Just then, Brad walks in and attacks Helen. Billy then strangles him to death without getting the deactivation code from him. So now they need to get everyone off this dang boat. The girls meet up and make a plan to get everyone off the boat and for them to like kind of escape without all the other passengers, basically. They decide to make a few small fires around the boat for evacuation. The women get in their own boat, they go to land, Minka sends them some passports, and then the women make it back to the U.S. and head to Billy's safe house in the French Quarter. They decide to reach out to Sweeney to see if he can figure out why they've been targeted, and they plan to meet with him a few days later. Billy reflects back on her training when she was first recruited and how she wasn't meeting Constance's expectations. The other girls were like all had their own thing, but Billy was just okay at everything. And when I say okay, she was probably like amazing, but to the museum standards, just okay. That is until she found hand-to-hand -hand combat. After their training and education, all the girls received makeovers, of course. And I know, I know, 
We aren't supposed to like that part of the book or the movie, but honestly, personally, I love it. I love it so much. But that being said, Billy has a scar above her lip that she won't let them remove because she wants to keep a part of herself, even though it is an identifying feature. So at least she's trying to remember who she was before the museum. So we'll give her snaps for that. Back to present time. The ladies arrive to New Orleans and it is now the next morning and the ladies sleep in. Remember, they're all like 60 years old and this has taken quite the beating on their bodies. While getting ready, Billy hears someone shaking the gate to the front yard and goes down to find Akiko. Mary Alice got Akiko there while taking all the necessary precautions, but now she gets to fill her in on what she does for a living. Akiko is pretty stunned to hear about what Mary Alice does for, you know, her job. But she does eventually come around like throughout the book, but really towards the end. It's the next day and the girls are getting ready for their meetup with Sweeney. They all have a task. Helen will be at the restaurant across the street with like a sniper gun just in case. Mary Alice will be playing the violin on the corner because she couldn't find a viola, unfortunately. And Natalie will be painting touristy stuff. Billy's disguise was a table and some tarot cards. Sweeney finds her and she reads him his cards while they chat. His future card being one of backstabbing and betrayal she sees that there is like a change in his demeanor and realizes he's actually there to kill them billy signals to helen to take him out but like helen freezes so billy pulls out her gun and shoots him in the abdomen under the table billy is chased by another member of the museum but is able to shake his tail so their plan did not work sweeney had at least told billy that the rumor was they started taking jobs on the side which is a strict no-no something they will kill you for. So now they need to figure out who is feeding this bad intel to the museum. They need to talk to someone. They decide on Martin, who is a curator at the museum. Like I said before, he's like a handler of sorts. He has always been insanely kind to the ladies. Like Billy would mention that she had allergies going to Zanzibar or something. And then next time she went there, he would put like allergy medicine in her little bag. Or whenever like he traveled somewhere, he'd get them like these little tchotchkes. Like he just was like this super cute guy that they all just, they talk about him like he's a kid, but he's really like a 38 year old. <laughs> um, but they love Martin. So they decided to reach out to him. Billy gives him a call and he tells her that someone submitted a dossier on the four of them and it went directly to the board. He says he's already done some digging on it and has come up empty handed. Usually, no one becomes a target without years of extensive research into their crimes, but somehow one dossier got them all on a kill list. They decided to make one more call to Naomi, who has the same job as Martin. She says they are being used as an example. Anyone at the museum can be killed and no one can ask questions. Another unknown member is committing murders for pay and they need to cover it up. They are going to pin it on the ladies and let the real culprit walk free. The ladies vote and it's unanimous. The board of directors has to die. There are three directors, one of them being their old friend, Vance Gilchrist. The other two are Gunter and Carapaz, who live in the UK, so this will take some time. The women make their way to Constance's old home in England. Helen and Kenneth actually purchased it after her passing, but it is no way connected to them. The women know that director Gunter takes all of his holidays at this very luxurious spa, so they decide to attack him there. Unfortunately for Gunter, he is a creature of habit and this will get him killed. They call his room offering a complimentary mud wrap and it is officially showtime. Billy and Helen put on disguises and then put large amounts of nicotine into the mud, which turns out can kill someone and usually pretty quickly, but the wrap isn't working. So Billy strangles him. 
It needed to look like natural causes, though, so she stuffed an apple into his mouth so it looked like he choked. This would explain the popped blood vessels in his eyes. On the way to their second target, Carapaz, Billy recalls when the ladies, Vance, and Carapaz took out a Nazi in the 1980s. It was the first Nazi the museum had found in a decade, and it was like an honor in the museum to take one out since that's why the museum was created in the first place. The Nazi in question had a ton of stolen art that the team would be collecting and sending back to its original owners. Billy ended up being the one who killed the Nazi, who I should note was like a super cranky old lady. And Vance is like furious. He felt that the kill was his, even though the old lady did get a bullet in his shoulder before he could react. The bullet went through a painting called the Queen of Sheba. It pictures the Queen of Sheba exiting King Solomon's bed. He is naked in the bed with his armor and weapons on the ground. And she is like glowing in this like white, I don't know how to explain it, like robe thing. Um, And it's painted with her dark skin, which she is often whitewashed. So it's like an actual accurate painting of her. And it was painted in the 1600s. And like Billy becomes enamored with it like right away. She's obsessed with this painting. Carapaz will know that Gunter has been killed by now, so this plan will need to be, like, even more thorough. He has cameras everywhere outside of his Paris townhome, so they will be entering through the catacombs. Carapaz has put quite the padlock on his cellar door, but Nat finds this, like, utility opening and wiggles herself inside. It kind of reminds me of, like, a laundry chute. That's what I was picturing, but honestly, I don't know. And the fact that you can like somehow get into people's homes through the catacombs is the creepiest thing that I have ever heard, if I'm being honest. They get in though, and they kill him, barely escaping his security team, and have to run through the catacombs for a while before they find an exit. Their dossier was on his nightstand, and Billy was able to grab it. It was pretty much all smoke and mirrors in case someone came asking about the ladies. She found the initial log for the person who created it, but of course, they don't tell the reader who it was. So now, we are two down, one to go. Martin leaves a message for Billy, and he tells her that he overheard Vance on the phone, and he kept talking about this, like, auction. It has a really funny name to it. It's like Tolomach, Tolomac, I'm not quite sure. But Billy Googles it and finds out it's an auction and a private sales specializing in paintings and jewelry. Billy goes to their auction page and finds the Queen of Sheba painting that they recovered from the Nazi. The notes below it say it had a small hole in it that had been fixed, aka from the bullet in Vance's shoulder. It's a painting that was supposed to have been returned to its original owner. Billy now knows how they will find Vance. Nat lets them know that they actually couldn't find a relative of the original owner of the Queen of Sheba, so it was put in a storage unit in Switzerland where it should be. Helen then reaches out to Taverner, Billy's like ex-boyfriend, to come to England and help them. Actually, he's already from England, so it probably wasn't even a far travel. But I feel like English people think that like a 45-minute drive is insane when that's like an average commute in the U.S. So it says he travels there, but honestly, he just drove a little bit and got to them. Let's be real. They create a plan for a few days. And then the night before the attack, they all make a proper dinner and sit down together, like a roast dinner, which I think is adorable. The next morning, Taverner and Billy have a pretty cute moment in the car on the way to their target. It's now auction day and Billy has made her way to the auction, which like screams wealth and luxury. After a few minutes, Billy spots Vance in the crowd. Billy goes and sits down next to Vance after the Queen of Sheba is sold for 1.2 million pounds. He tells her his team has the ladies back at Helen's place and that she needs to come with him. They then get into an SUV and leave. 
Although there's already someone else in the car. Martin. Yeah, Martin. Martin played them and he wanted them to take out the board so that he would be left in charge since Naomi is on maternity leave. He's the only um, curator working right now. Nance figured Martin out at the very beginning, but he let the ladies kill the board so that he could take over and then just kill Martin, which easy work for him, right? The SUV gets to Helen's home where the ladies are all sitting around the kitchen table. Billy pretends to fill them in on what she just learned. Because remember, they saw the initials in the dossier of who created it, and spoiler alert, it was Martin. Vance thinks he has them, but the ladies take his whole team by surprise with like an insane amount of firecrackers and fireworks. And while they're all running for safety, Minka, Akiko, and Travener take them out. The ladies reinforced the kitchen table and took cover under it, while like two members stayed in there like shooting at them. The kitchen lights on fire due to some non-dairy creamer, which was left out on purpose to start a fire, which turns out is insanely flammable. So PSA to anyone who uses non-dairy creamer, it could burn your house down. Um, but it catches those two team members of Vance's on fire and they like burn alive, which sounds awful. But of course, Vance is left standing alive in the garden. This will come down to Billy and Vance handling this hand-to-hand -hand combat style. The fight was not pretty and it was long. It ended with Billy pulling out her sharp barrette and stabbing Vance in the armpit, hitting his auxiliary artery. Billy lays on her back in exhaustion. She's pretty beat up and missing an earlobe. Martin then walks up to her, gun shaking in his hand. He makes her get up and is basically using her as a human shield to make his escape. That is until Helen shoots a hole in his head with Constance Halliday's beloved Colt revolver. Next thing you know, Naomi is there to help the girls clean up the mess. She is very pregnant and she has HG during all her pregnancies, which sounds awful. A friend of mine from childhood has that with like her last pregnancy and this one. And she like posted about it on social media. And I looked it up and honestly, it sounds like every pregnant woman's worst nightmare. It's like nausea times a thousand. Anyways, just wanted to notate that. Sounds awful. At this point, Taverner has slipped away, which he was asked to do once things got quiet, so no one would know about his involvement. I feel like I've called him Taverner and Traverner throughout this. Honestly, his name's weird, so if I've done that, I'm so sorry, but it's Taverner. Turns out Naomi has been investigating Martin for years now and is truly on the lady's side. Also, she is in charge now, which is pretty cool, and she speaks 17 languages. Yeah, 17 they fill her in on everything while they wait for the cleanup crew. The five strike a deal. The termination order on them is lifted and they get their full pensions reinstated. In return, Naomi will take over as acting director until another board member can be selected. The women need to kind of like lay low for a while though. So Mary Alice and Akiko are going to go to Norway. Natalie is going to Japan. Billy is going to go to Greece, which she's hoping that Taverner will meet her there. And Helen will be staying there to clean up her home. The end. All right, question and answer portion. Favorite part of the book. Billy's home in the French Quarter sounds amazing. It used to be this convent and like restoring that place would be insane. It basically looks like a brick wall on the outside with like this iron gate. And then you walk in through a brick tunnel and it opens up to a, a courtyard with like four buildings. And it's kind of like grimy, honestly. Like she hasn't done much with it, but she should because it sounds like the most perfect place ever and I would love to go there. I also love the part when this little boy saw Nat and Billy in the catacombs 
and they didn't want him to like say something and have people like believe him. <laughs> so Billy tells him that they're demons who would eat his soul, which just felt very like April Ludgate and I loved it. Least favorite part of the book, we learned that like 40 years or I guess like 30 years prior, Billy had said no to Taverner. So he found someone else, had twin girls, and then his wife died after 30 years of marriage. He actually called Billy on their wedding day to say goodbye. But I love that when they were like reunited in this book, he said that he always knew that they would end up together. Um, and I feel like he did it in a way that was like not disrespectful to his wife who had passed. And that was really sweet. I liked that. Name of the book. I loved it. Killers of a Certain Age is so clever and cute. Wouldn't change it. Best surprise of the book was definitely Martin being the little shiz that he was. That was fun. I wasn't really thinking of like spoilers or who it was. I just wanted, I just like to enjoy these books now instead of playing detective for the most part. And I like that it was Martin because I feel like you would have thought more like, you know, the obvious, the Vance or like the Naomi. But of course it was the cute, you know, curator that they referred to as the kid. Did I enjoy the writing? I loved it. I thought it would bounce around from woman to woman, but I liked it to stay with Billy. I think she was the most likable and just the easiest to listen to based on like how the author created the character. She was the best choice for the narrator. So I liked that a lot. If you liked this book, I would 100% recommend the Thursday Murder Club. That is one of the best series ever made. It's very similar. It's four older people in an assisted living place in England. And there is a murder there at like the retirement home and they solve it. And it's honestly one of the best book series ever. Like it's, I loved Killers of a Certain Age, but the Thursday Murder Club is this book, but like somehow 10 times better. And that's with me still rating Killers of a Certain Age in nine out of 10. I just, I think I really like this kind of book. It's really fun. Um, Thursday Murder Club does bounce around from person to person. So it kind of like keeps you on your toes a bit more. And they're all very likable and just like endearing. Um, but yeah, I 100% recommend that book. All right. Reminder that next week's book is better than the movies. Thank you for tuning in this week and I will catch you all next Thursday.